This is episode number 315 with founder of OurLadies.org, Gabriela De Caros. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. This episode is brought to you by Data Science Go 2020, our very own data science conference. We've already done three events in the past three years and we're moving into our fourth year in 2020. And to give you a feel for what to expect, here are some stats from DSGO 2019. We had 620 attendees fly in from 25 different countries, 38 speakers gave talks, 150 plus business decision makers attended the sessions as well. And get this, 2,400 cups of coffee were drank during the networking sessions. So Data Science Go is not just a place where you will get all the top data science skills that you need for your career. That's definitely a huge component of the conference, but also it's a great place where the community comes together to network. At Data Science Go, you will meet data scientists and professionals from companies like Accenture, AIG, Wells Fargo, MasterCard, Facebook, Google, IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, Teradata, Amazon, eBay, Shopify, and many, many more. So this is a great opportunity to meet and network with your colleagues, to meet and start catching up with your mentor, or maybe to even meet the manager at the next company that you'll be working for. At Data Science Go 2020, we've been almost doubling every single year. So we're expecting about a thousand attendees at this next event. Data Science Go is happening on the weekend of the 6th, 7th and 8th of November 2020. And you can already secure your tickets today at datasciencego.com. And one more thing is that we actually have different tracks. So we found that this is a very important component for attendees and we have tracks tailored to your experience. So if you're a beginner, there's a beginner track which will help you get the skills to break into data science. If you're an intermediate practitioner, there's an intermediate track for you to progress to advanced. And if you're already advanced, there's an exclusive advanced track just for you. So whatever your level, you can find the right track, the right talks, the right workshops, the right sessions and case studies and panels at Data Science Go. So on that note, this is the best conference for you to attend to skyrocket your data science career. So make sure to secure your ticket at datasciencego.com today and I can't wait to meet you in person in California in November 2020. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today we've got a super special episode. Gabriela De Queiroz is returning to the podcast for the second time. After a barrage of positive feedback for her very first appearance on a podcast just over a year ago at the Super Data Science Show, Gabriella is back with lots of exciting insights. Uh, in this podcast, you will find out how Gabriella gives dozens, literally dozens of talks per year. Just this year alone, she's given already 20 talks, um, plus the 26 or so talks that she gave last year. And you'll find out why she does it, how she feels about it, and how she in general finds time to do that, manage a whole team, also appear on podcasts. 
then we'll talk a little bit about Data Science Go and her Gabriella's talk at Data Science Go. So Gabriella joined us for Data Science Go 2018 and for Data Science Go 2019. So she will not only share some insights from her talk, but also you'll find out the good and the bad about Data Science Go. So there's no censorship here. You will hear what she found valuable at Data Science Go and what we need to improve at the conference. So I think that will be interesting for you to hear as well. Then we'll talk about the Max and DAX projects that Gabrielle is working on at IBM. So Max is the model asset exchange and DAX is the data asset exchange. So Gabrielle already spoke about the model asset exchange the last time she was on the show. It was a new project for IBM. This year, uh, the project has grown and now they've added the data asset exchange, which everybody should be excited about because there you can get free data sets with absolutely free copyright so you can use them for whatever you want in fact we're actually go into the topic of software versus data licenses and you'll find out what the cdla uh, license type is and what it means so often we very often come across situations where we can find the data but can we use it or can't we use it and uh, can we use it for our personal use can we use it for commercial use and things like that so you'll find out quite a lot about these licenses and also in the DAX project, you can get the data and just use it. And that is fantastic that IBM is doing that. And also we'll talk about, of course, Gabriella's uh, project, which she's been working on for seven years, which is Our Ladies. They've grown 50% since we last spoken to uh, over 150 or even 170 chapters in over 40 plus locations around the world. So very, very excited about that. I'm very excited to hear about our ladies. You'll find out how you can start your own chapter in with our ladies. And also, uh, Gabriella shares her new project, brand new project called AI Inclusive, which you can find at ai-inclusive.org. Another huge passion project of hers uh, to help the AI community be more, in, even more inclusive uh, and even more welcoming and accepting. And you'll find out about that and you'll find out how you can take part and participate in that amazing undertaking that Gabriella has just started recently. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to check out this podcast. Please welcome for the second time around, Gabriella DeCaras, founder of ourladies.org and AIinclusive.org. Welcome back to Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super pumped about this episode because for the second time around, I have Gabriella DeCaras on the show. Gabriella, welcome. How are you today? I'm great. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm so glad to be back. Uh, <laughs> it's been an amazing journey for the past year, so I'm glad to be back here. I know it's been like over a year since you were here last time. It's crazy how time flies so fast. What's, yeah, yeah. It's... What's been going on for you this whole year? What's new? Oh my God, so many things. <laughs> so when I when I when I participated, it was my first podcast, right? Uh -huh. it was my first ever podcast, wow. and I got so many good feedback, and and people writing to me, and then you know, so the video that you you made it, you guys made it made it. It created a such impact in the in the community, and it's something that I've been showing in several talks where I say, you know, you have to you have to watch this. Uh, so the vi the so video since, of your podcast, like uh, uh, like the pre pre video for your podcast, the promotional video, yeah, like a promo, a promo, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my god, 
I love that. That's I can awesome. watch over and over and over again, and <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, yeah, so uh, so I had the first. We did the first podcast ever, and then after that, I did I did three other podcasts. Wow. Congrats! That's yeah. so cool. Well, that's uh, that's amazing. That's this is like it's like a chain reaction, right? It started. Totally, yeah. It, that's so cool. So, wh- which podcast did you do? So I did two. So uh, two in English and one in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in English was one. It's called the uh, Making Data Simple, where. Mm-hmm. I talked uh, about my work with open source and and especially inside IBM and so on. The other one was uh, we were discussing. It was a group of three people. We were discussing the importance of uh, female first spaces. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which was in Portuguese, which is my my lang- my first language, right? So it was more focused in the Portuguese speaking countries. Uh, it was. Um, the participation of women in technology. Mm. Very, very interesting. And um, yeah, all of those sound topics like which you are very passionate about. So that's exciting. So how did uh, how did these? Uh, first of all, how did the students or listeners from our podcast uh, give you the feedback and to contact you? Was it through LinkedIn? What was the most common way of people getting in touch? Yeah, pretty much LinkedIn. Um, I, I would say 99% of the people that got in touch was through LinkedIn. Maybe another 1% through email, mm-hmm. but and the majority was LinkedIn. What was the common theme? What what, uh, what were people most excited about from your first uh, appearance on this podcast? Because you talked about uh, a lot they, of things, right? Yeah, so they were excited about my, my path and, and the work, you know, the work that I was doing or that I'm doing at IBM and then the all ladies the whole community. Um, so they kind of like, they relate, mm-hmm. you know, it's several aspects. They could see their themselves in my journey. So they, they wrote back, say, oh, it's great to see, uh, you know, your journey and seeing a woman uh, from Latin America being successful and so on. So it was so it was great. Fantastic. That's so exciting to hear. Um, Okay. All right. What else has happened? So three podcasts. Now, now you go to like, you attend like 26 conferences per year and now you have the podcasts on top of that. Like, how do you even find the time? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, you know, you have to be focused and uh, it's impossible to do everything. So I I have to prioritize uh, what are the talks or the places that I, I would make a bigger impact Mm-hmm. Uh, or like the conferences where I think it's going to be uh, important to that audience to hear what I have to say. So uh, I've been trying to be more selective in terms of like talks. And and I usually do, uh, I don't do like very much like cross country. So I do more on the West Coast where I'm based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are a lot of like, tricks that I that I learned through the way of doing all these talks. Uh, yeah, this year I, I slowed down the first semester, mm-hmm. but even though slowing down the first semester, I, I think I'm hitting the 20th uh, talks that I that I've gave this year. That is so profound. Like just even hearing it is I, I can't imagine that you've done 20 talks 
in one year. Then given that you slaughter the first semester is probably like 20 talks in the past, I don't know, like eight months. That is, that is yeah. like, that's crazy. Huh? Wow. <laughs> you know, I just, it's, it's something like, it's more like, do you know, one thing that I realize is giving talks is a way for me uh, to be resilient, like to full, like to, to refill my, my energy level. Um, so it's a way for me to connect with people that it's something that I love the most. So I go and then I connect and then I talk uh, and then I'm giving back. So it's, it's, it's like, it's, some people can see this as a stressful journey. Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. me, it's like, it's a fun journey. Um, so it's, it's a way for me to refill my, my tank. That is amazing. And, and maybe that's also why, why your, your talks are so good. As in, uh, I'm very, you, you mentioned you're, you've been selective. So I'm very honored that you chose to come to Data Science Go, our conference in San Diego, both years. So, well, the two past years. So you came in 2018 after our, uh, podcast. And then you also came, uh, this year, just a few weeks ago. So first of all, thank you so much. And I've had some great feedback about your talks both times. Amazing. Uh, everybody loved them. Um, well, how was your experience in Data Science Go? Always amazing. It's it's always amazing. It's like seeing old good friends uh, from uh, the people behind the counter, you know, checking you in, um, very making you welcome and, and uh, so from that place actually before that right so let's let's go even further like once okay. I get an email with the invitation it was all everything very well set up uh, so I didn't have to worry about anything or everything was taken care of uh, and then getting there the check-in process and then always uh, the the team is always like they try to make feel you comfortable and, and to make sure that you have everything that you need. So it's a very smooth uh, conference in terms of like being a speaker and the whole community, like people are engaged. Uh, like this talk, this talk, to be honest, I was, I was freaking out Why? because, because the, you know, like we had what 500 right this year, yeah, 640 or, this year. What? Even yeah. more than that? Yeah. So I got to the main room and I'm like, I don't know how am I going to go in the stage with <laughs> so many people in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember getting there in the morning before before the talks when the the when the um, the room was empty and I was looking at like the 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 size of the room and I'm like, wow. So like <laughs> in a few hours I'll be there. All right, I I I got this. <laughs> uh, so it was amazing, and uh, again the whole feedback, and I think people were engaged with the, the the topics that I was talking about. So it was as always an amazing experience, Fantastic. and I hope to be there again next year because it's it's on the my top priority of that's the, so the awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I I would love to personally have you there. I've I've uh, had great feedback from what is interesting about your talk. And I'd love to dive into a bit more on this uh, podcast of the, what, what you spoke about at the event. But what I what is interesting about it is that I've had great feedback from beginners um, and also from advanced practitioners. 
So like you managed to somehow create a talk that benefits both those starting out, like even in the description of your talk, it's like even if you have zero experience in deep learning, you will, I'll show you how to get started. But also I specifically spoke to a practitioner and he said my top three favorite talks was Sarah Ierni from uh, Salesforce, um, somebody else, and Gabriela De Caros uh, from IBM or from Our Ladies. And like, I, I was very impressed by that, that, you know, a very advanced practitioner who's like, um, you know, is highly in a senior level, who's actually looked, he came to the conference to, to hire somebody, another senior practitioner to join his company. He was like, oh, this was one of my favorite talks. So I was like, wow, how, how did you do that? How did you manage to combine some, something of value for beginners and advanced practitioners? What's your secret? I've, I've been trying to like, trying to figure it out for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there is a secret, but like when I'm putting together a talk, I try to be conscious about, you know, I don't know, I don't know much about the audience. So I, I need to make sure that I'm going to cover, you know, basic stuff as well, advanced stuff. But I try to be also conscious about like, I don't want to do math, like mm -hmm. a talk with formulas and math. I want to be more like, you know, doing more applied work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I I try to mix everything. So so then if it's a beginner, you know, if it's more like you have more beginners in the audience, it's going to fit. If you have more advanced and more advanced audience, your talk is going to fit as well. So that's kind of like how I work when I'm preparing my talks. It's like I try to be in the middle mm -hmm. and and go back uh, in both directions. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Um, before we move on to the content of the talk. I would really like to know, you've been to 20 events at least, and like just this year, what would you say is um, something that we do well at Data Science Go, something that helps us stand out that you, know, you see people really getting value out of? Yeah, so I think that, I, that it's interesting. It's like you have the workshops in the day, like the one day it's all workshops. So if people are interested in doing hands-on, they can they can do it. And then they have two other days that are more like talk focus and, and then you have panels. Mm. So you have a mix of like everything. So you have workshops, panels, talks. And, and then you have talks that are more for like aspiring data scientists. And you have talks that are more general. So uh, mm. I like this mix. So mm -hmm. you can, it's it, you are not only focusing one group. You are trying to accommodate everybody, um, which which I think it's awesome for a conference, right? So you are not excluding anyone. You are trying to include everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. That's great feedback. And to be fair, so that you know people also see the the the. the what's it called the developing side. What's something that you can give? some constructive feedback on like we can do better next time. I'm, I'm, all, I'm really curious so that we will do better, but I'd love to hear your insights on the, the one thing that we could improve. One thing, uh, okay, so the only thing is this year we had some delays, mm -hmm. right, on the talks. Um, so the schedule was not exactly what was showing in the app. Or in the website, so I remember talking to people when they were not sure which talk was going on, so they were um, a, a little bit lost. So mm -hmm. maybe next year, 
if we can have, I don't know, maybe a monitor, something like, you know, when you go to the to the airport and you have the departures <laughs> yeah. and arrivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like something like that where you show the talks and then you say, oh, this talk is delayed. It's going to start at X hours, yeah, yeah. you know, or X minutes. Uh, so people know what to expect. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only, yeah, that's the only thing. And, and for me in particular, as a speaker, it didn't matter much, but I think for the audience, uh, I remember being asked, which talk is going on right now? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the the, the feedback. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm making this up. I've never seen this this panel with the status mm -hmm. of the talks anywhere. Yeah. But you know, since Data Science Go it's a conference that they try to innovate every year. Maybe next year we have something like this. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very valid uh, point, and thank you for the idea. We've we've had that feedback, and I also noticed, of course, like we we were running back uh, behind a bit on schedule with something we're definitely going to look into next year, and it'll be very precise. And also, in case there there are certain delays, uh, then we'll we'll make sure to have like signs or or as you said, maybe even a screen. That that can be very helpful, and that's definitely something that we will improve. Okay, so. That's some great feedback, thank you, on both sides, the good and the room for growth. And um, I'm always glad to hear that that kind of the comments, especially the ones where we could do better because it's only our third year and like we've we are planning to do this, you know, like forever, <laughs> hopefully. So <laughs> as long as there's room to grow, that's always exciting. Some things we can improve on. Um, Okay, and so on that note, let's move on to your talk. So unfortunately, I didn't have the chance to attend your talk in person and the recordings, uh, which will be available soon in the DSGO um, website, they're, they're not ready yet. So I haven't had a chance to watch it before our talk today. So, um, but that's exciting because then I'm like one of the listeners who hasn't seen the talk either. So you can run us through from the beginning. What was, what was the title of your talk and um, what is it all about? Yeah, so it was uh, deep learning for everyone or ready to use deep learning models. It's, I, I use the two titles because mm -hmm. uh, they both fit in this talk. And, and the idea was, you know, with when you, when you are the data scientist, it doesn't matter if you are aspiring data scientist or more like, uh, you know, senior data scientist, uh, in the world of like machine learning, in particular deep learning, it's so hard for you to keep up with everything that is going on in the field. Um, so I mentioned in the talk, like my, my motivation between this talk was, you know, uh, there is more than 100 new machine learning papers being published every day in the archive. Uh, so how do you keep up with that? There is no way that you are going to read a mm -hmm. hundred papers every day, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then if you go to, to if you search for deep learning, you have I don't know more than four million results. If you yeah. like, yeah, if you if you go if you search for deep learning courses, you have almost two hundred uh, million results. So like, how wow. do you start, start in this journey, or how do you keep up with all this you know this information? And then I say you know that with the the open source that we work. Uh, that we created in, inside IBM in my team uh, that I mentioned before is the model asset exchange, which is a free and open source uh, place for you to find 
the state-of-the-art deep learning model. So it's a good way for you to get inserted in this field. And also, if you want to go even deeper, so instead of like browsing around the internet and trying to find a path, I'm giving this path for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I go through this. I say, you know, we have 30 models that are ready for you to use. Uh, with the the vari- uh, variety of like domains, you have text, audio, image, video, etc. We have uh, different deep learning frameworks like TensorFlow, PyTorch, Keras, and then we have like two versions. We have the deployable ones, mm-hmm. and we have the trainable ones. And the only thing that you need to get started is Docker. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Like simpler than that, it cannot be right. Um, and then I guide the, the audience through like the ways that you can access the models. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I show some examples that I, uh, if you are interested, again, I, I, you are going to, uh, to watch the recording, but the audience that is listening to this podcast, they should go and, and watch the recordings as well because I guide them through ways to access this API. Uh, and, and one main thing is everything is, is standardized. So if you go and look to one model and then you go to another model, they have the same standard way. Uh, so you, you are not going to get lost between, you know, how things are being done. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I show that you can also train uh, using your own data. And then I also show... Uh, that there are some tutorials, like a learning path, right? So we are like, oh, if you don't know how to start, there is this learning path, and then you can go through everything. And then the, and then the, the, the biggest, like the highest point of my talk hmm. was uh, I showed a, a demo uh, of, of something called Verimax. So the Verimax is a video theremin, and theremin, is a electronic music instrument mm-hmm. uh, invented in 1920, uh, where you use your hands to make sounds. Like you use your hands in the air. To close. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I've seen that one. Like you, you just like you're hovering your hands over this in, in the air, and it's registering where your hands are and is making like music from that. Exactly. So, so, so Va Barbosa from our team. He created the Verimax, which is a video theremin, and it uses uh, a model, like a model from the, from the Model Asset Exchange, uh, the uh, Human Pose Estimator, and it was built uh, with TensorFlow.js, and then it's me, you know, uh, it's me doing some music. So I, I make a joke that uh, this video, I was trying to be a DJ, right? <laughs> so it's me there trying to make some music. So that was like the, the I would say the the best moment of the talk where people <laughs> were like laughing and they were <laughs> curious like how I did that. So it's that's so yeah, cool. So that, Next yeah, year so you should you should bring that instrument and play it on your talk. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would be and cool. It's yeah, it was fun. So. So it's uh, so that was my the talk. The talk was to guide you through like how can you start and continue your deep learning journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, fantastic. So just to get to pe- people up to speed, because you mentioned 
uh, Dax on the previous episode podcast, and I'm sure you walked uh, the audience through it at Data Science Go. But just to get those up to speed who haven't seen one or the other, uh, Dax is IBM's uh, data asset exchange where you are able to like download, as you mentioned, these templates or like these ready to use models and um, just start start applying it right away. Is that is that a good summary? Yeah, so there are two things actually. There is Max and Dax. <laughs> okay, what is Max? So, so Max is the model. So it's ah, the okay. model asset exchange, which you can go and that's the model part that I was talking about, yeah. where you go and find those ready to use deep learning models. Dax, on the other hand, is the data asset exchange. Uh, one thing that we noticed when we were trying to train some of the models, uh, we had issues in finding data sets that we could use uh, because of the license, that we could use uh, without any issues with oh, the yeah. license. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, in the data world, we don't have a good, uh, a good license framework. For example, in software, you have so many different licenses and it's well understood in the industry where data you, you don't, mm-hmm. right? So like, how do you know that you can use this data in your enterprise application? Maybe you can't because there is no, like the license is not good. Yeah. Uh, so that's we're the just, idea between. We're just not there yet. Yeah, like the world hasn't developed this framework for licenses around data. It's it's needed, but it's we're getting there. Exactly. So it's it's something that, it, that has been the conversation, especially, uh, within some companies and, and so on. Uh, so we we found that there was a need for this to have a place where, you know, you don't have to, we are going through the license ourselves, so you don't have to worry about the license. You can mm-hmm. use this data, this data set on this website without worrying. We have a standard format as well. Uh, so just to give an idea, there is one, uh, one license for, that is an open data license called CDLA, which mm-hmm. stands for the Community Data License Agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people is interested in learning more, they go to cdla.io. And and uh, and then we try, when we are trying to release new data sets, we try as much as we can to use the CDLA uh, license. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Data Asset Exchange, you're going to see we have several of them that it's under CDLA. Um, and that that means that anybody can use it for any purposes. Yes, exactly. So it's pretty much like op- open open uh, season. You can you download the data set. You probably just need to provide a a reference to where it can originate from. But you can use it for personal use, for commercial use. Kind of like I think I'm reading on your website that it's uh it's somewhere like Linux. It's from the Linux Foundation, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. It's it's. From the Linux Foundation, and um, and and this this uh, CDLA was created because of the needs. The same thing, the needs of like a, a standard license in the industry, where we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you look for other places and other companies, they are doing this as well. They are trying to come up with uh, you know a way for them to have a to share the data. Uh, in a in a standard and in an open way, mm-hmm. where you don't have to worry about the CC by you know all the the Creative Commons kind of uh, license. So yeah, so 
That's the data asset exchange. So the data asset exchange and the model asset exchange, they come together now, right? So now you have the data, now you have the model. So mm. the whole thing works together. So I see. So last time we spoke, you had, as I understand, you had just launched the MAX, the model asset exchange in 2018. Yeah. And then, like I see on the website now, that you launched a da data asset exchange just recently in July 2018. July. That is yes. so cool. That is so congratulations. That's a that's a big evolution. How how's the whole project going? It's going well. Uh, we have I think uh, maybe twenty or plus. Uh, actually, there is a new batch coming up this week, so it's going to be pl uh, more than twenty data sets that you are going to be able to use nice. uh, on the data asset exchange. Uh, some of them they are. They, they came from IBM research, so in some ways they are exclusive, like you are not going to find this data set anywhere because they came from IBM research. So we work with the research side of the house to get all this data that they are creating and uh -huh. we try to make it available through the data set exchange. So you go to the data set exchange, you know that you, know, you can use that data without worrying. Uh-huh, okay, wow, that's... Um... I actually, I interviewed someone from IBM Research on the podcast. Um, try, oh, there you go. Um, Gil, Guillermo Cechi. Uh, <laughs> Do you know okay. Guillermo? He's from the East Coast, though. No, I don't. It, I don't probably know. It's such a huge organization. Yeah. And the, even the IBM Research is it's huge. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know his name from the top of my head. Okay, that's okay. So, um, 20, um, 20 data sets that or yeah. like in, and growing. Does that mean once somebody downloads and they can only use it with the model asset exchange uh, assets, or can I like I go and download one of these data sets and use it for my with my own tools just for my own you know exploration? Anywhere. Anywhere. It doesn't need to be uh, through the model as exchange. It can be anywhere. You can do whatever you want. Uh, we also try to have a, a notebook. Every data set has a, a, a accompanying uh, notebook where you can see how we are exploring the data, how we are manipulating this data, and 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 then doing some kind of like modeling on mm. top of that. So, again, I think the whole idea, right, is like. Uh, we are trying to cover the very beginner, like someone that doesn't know how to handle data, to someone that is more interested in the in the modeling or in the, the deployable uh, mm. deployment side of the house. So we mm. try to cover both. Fantastic, and I, and I love that large companies like IBM are embracing this whole notion of giving things away for free, right? Like one way would be to Oh no, okay, in order to get this data set, you have to sign up to IBM and you know pay a certain fee or you can only use it with our tools and so on. But no, here's here's a great data set that we've created, curated, which takes time to create and curate. And, uh, it's totally understandable. There's a lot of effort involved. But I'm really glad that IBM is opening these things up to to the community to utilize because at the end of the day, it's like it's just gonna help people train faster, educate faster and build better things and make the world a better place. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. And and as a you know, as a data scientist, uh I'm 
I'm amazed to be part of this journey, right? So I'm mm. creating, we are creating as a team all this uh, to give to the open source community. Gotcha. So what, what are some of the examples of data sets? Do, do you know like some of that come off the top of your head that you can name some exciting ones? Like what industries are they from or what problems do they address? Yeah, so um, we have, right now we have a bunch of them that are more taxed Focus, mm -hmm. uh, but there is one that it's it's interesting that it's a video one um, that you we are just creating the notebook that is going to go with this data set. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a bunch of them coming up uh, from different IBM uh, project called the Debater data set. Uh, I don't know all the use cases from the top of my head, but mm -hmm. like as you go through the website that we are going to show on the on the show notes, um, you can oh, okay. go and, and check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on here. Yeah, I'll, I'll send. I'm on here right now. I can see, for instance, you have contracts proposition bank, text from approximately a thousand English compliance sentences obtained from IBM's publicly available contracts annotated with a layer of universal semantic role labels. Uh, you have a fashion eminist data sign, a data set of standardized images of fashion items from 10 classes. Mm, what else do you have? I have weather data, JFK airport, local clim climatology data originally collected by JFK airport. Um, another one is forum classify, dialogue act classification for online discussions. Uh, very cool, very cool. I'm, this is exciting. You've got a great uh, variety, and you're planning on adding more data sets with time, right? Yeah, this week, this week uh, we are going to release a, a batch of thirteen. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Well, they'll take it. Yeah, take it up. That's very cool. And uh, and so tell us, how does this work? Like, with this, now that you have the DAX, like it's really cool that you have this whole the whole ecosystem you have the data and then you can download the models in practice so uh, help me understand if i'm somebody who doesn't have deep learning experience or I, I or in a specific part of deep learning i don't have experience so let's say let's say image classification or text text analysis so i can go and model asset exchange on max and download a model that like is it what what is adjustable what is pre-coded because every neural network is is different you got a high Tune, you know, do hyperparameter tuning, got to understand, you know, how big is your, how many layers are you going to have, how, how many neurons are you going to have in each layer, what activation functions to use, and, and other things like that. Like, with somebody as not a beginner, how am I going to, so somebody who's like a beginner, who, how, what controls do I have inside this, inside these models to adjust these uh, parameters and, and the way that I want this deep learning architecture to look? Right. So as a beginner, my suggestion would be go with the deployable ones, the ones that are already trained, the mm -hmm. pre-trained ones. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, tuning the hyperparameters and doing any tweaks. So you don't have to worry about that. It's going to be more about like, oh, here's the model. Let me understand how this works and let me see the uh, the the application right so as a as a beginner i think it's interesting for you to see how things are going to be used like what i can do with this model oh i can create like let's say like let's say object detector so i can create um a web app or i can like there is one cool one that i have to mention that we released next uh, last week it's a uh, yogi 
So uh, it's it's based on uh, the human pulse estimator. So it's a it's a it's a assistant that used the human pose estimator to guess which yoga pose oh, the user nice. is performing. Nice. Yeah. So so it's it's more fun for a beginner to see you know the application and then once you understand you know on the high level how things work then you can go like let's say to the GitHub page and then you, you look how things are being glued together like what are the the scripts that you are using. Uh, uh, you know, and then you could go even further. When you, I think, when you go a little bit further and you want to try things out, then you are going to be going to the trainable piece. And in the trainable ones, what we did to facilitate your life is to create uh, a standardized way to train your model. Uh -huh. So if you follow the step by steps, you are going to be able to train without uh, major issues. Uh, so even with the hyperparameters, something that we are working now, it's like how can you tune and and all that. Uh, so again, for for beginners, I would totally start with the deployable. For once you feel more com confident, then you go to the trainable piece, and and then you see how things work. Fantastic, that's really cool. I'm looking at this uh, human pose estimator right now. And it's very cool, like you have that photo of the three astronauts in uh, standing yeah. and like it's estimating what poses they're sitting in. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, and, and, the, and the, the yoga one, it's also, it's even more awesome because uh, there is a video and then you make a pose and then it's going to say, oh, now make a, I don't know, salut. And then you have to do the salut and then it's going to say, oh yeah, you are doing it right. So. It's a fun demo to show, uh, uh, and people get interested in, in how things work. So it's it's cool to show how what, what are the things that you can do with these models. Okay, okay, very interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. You have like, what is it like? Uh, over forty models right now, right? Four. Yeah, almost forty. Okay, that's really cool. Thirty plus. Thirty, yeah. almost thirty. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, no, I, I understand now. So you download a model, you start applying it. That's a really cool way to learn, right? You apply and then you're like, oh, okay, how does it work? It's kind of like, like driving a car. You get in, you drive, you learn how to drive. But then if you want to, you can open the, the hood of the car, understand, you know, <laughs> where to put the oil. Like I, I still don't know where to put the oil. To, yeah, all <laughs> to the mechanics, like. right? Yeah. All the mechanics. Yeah, that's a good analogy. It's it's exactly like that. You know, you don't need to know the whole thing if you don't want to. Yeah. But if you want to go deeper, uh, then yeah, you have to open the the thing, and then you can start playing around and and changing, and and also you can you can customize your car, right? Yeah, that's right. And and what I like about that is that. You even if you n are not able to learn right away the how it works inside, you can still continue deploying. So you like you deploy a few models. All right, you're, you 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 want to look inside how under the hood you look, and then you're like, okay, I learned a little bit, but it's still a bit too complex. You don't have to get discouraged. You don't have to stop your progress there. You can go and continue deploying more models, playing around with them, and come back and learn a bit more about how it works under the hood later on. Exactly, and and also we give you different flavors. Like let's say if you are, you can create IoT 
uh, applications with the, the model asset exchange. So mm -hmm. you can use the node red flow, for example, if you are someone that are more familiar with this side of uh, things you can use, or if you you can use CodePen, uh, like you have, I'm uh, you have like the JavaScript, CSS, how things work. So depends on like where you are coming from, what is your background. If you have any background in this area, or if you don't have any background at all, we try to create something that is going to be suitable for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really cool, um, and. These are free to use as well, just like the data? Everything, everything's free. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So tell us a bit about Docker. So we had one of the talks at Data Science Go was actually about Docker. One of, no, one of the workshops was about using Docker. So you, uh, these models require Docker in order to be, um, to, to run. What is Docker and how does it, how is it used? Yeah, so now you are you are getting to the point, and I'll probably be not be the best person to explain Docker. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it's uh, Docker is it's a, a container. So it, the the way that I see Docker is you don't have to worry about anything else. The Docker is will it's kind of like uh, the analogy. I, I always like to to make analogies because it's easier to understand. It's like you know, it gives you, uh, you, you get a present, right? So like, you like someone is going to give you a present. It's not going to give you a present, usually a present that it only comes with pieces mm -hmm. that you cannot put together. So mm -hmm. it's always, it's, you can assemble everything, you don't have to worry. And there is a, um, a, a manual with structures. So the Docker is kind of like this. So uh, I don't have to worry about if things are going to work on my computer because I know that the Docker will have everything that I need to make this work. Mm. Uh, so I don't have to worry with installation. I don't have to worry if my, like let's say if my Python version is, is working, um, everything comes inside this Docker container, this container. Uh, and the model set exchange, we wrap everything. So everything that we do is wrapped into a Docker container. Mm -hmm. So there is no installation outside. Oh, okay. Right? So you don't have yeah. to worry with like what version of Spider or Jupyter and how... TensorFlow, the... yeah. Okay. Okay, that's really cool. Um, all right. So that's uh, that's how this this whole thing works. All right. And what, what kind of feedback did you get? So when you presented this at the... At Data Science Go, or you know, in your other talks, what kind of feedback do you get from uh, people in the audience? Uh, like, what are they most excited about? Yeah, they are they are excited about how easy it is to use, mm -hmm. uh, and the whole like learning path that they can follow. Uh, it's another thing that people get excited. The application side of the models that you can create a web app that you can create different applications um, that's something that gets people excited mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay um, so you can create like a web application and, and actually it's going to run online so somebody can visit it and use it yeah you can you can run like locally for example or you can uh, in our case we have uh, a long running instance Mm -hmm. running uh, with this web app so you can try it out first before deploying yours yourself okay 
Okay, and the, this question is like I'm curious about this. How come, by the sounds of it, these models are written in Python, and at the same time, as I understand you, your background is originally with R, and hence you started R <laughs> Ladies. How how does those two add up together? <laughs> exactly. So everything is Python. So. One thing that I didn't mention uh, with the whole year, which yeah. for me looks like it's been three years. Yes. Uh, so I became a manager in December last year. Oh, congratulations. So, That's so yeah, awesome. So, so everything shifts. Uh -huh. <laughs> so uh, and and I, I have less and less time to be like to code, you know, like to write code. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm more thinking about like the usability, thinking about uh, how easy it is to use the thing that we are developing, uh, thinking strategically, uh, how can we position our project in, not only inside IBM but outside IBM. Um, make connections, talk to different teams, uh, thinking about the roadmap. So. And of course, taking care of my team, which is which I have like ten people, like uh, data scientists and soft engineers. Um, but going back to your question, uh, I'm an R person for sure. And even though everything is in Python, one thing that I try to do is every every time I keep thinking, you know, that's all cool things. Can I use R mm -hmm. to access this model? Uh, so we, uh, myself and another colleague, uh, we got together and we wrote uh, R script. And you can ingest, uh, you can use the, the, the model set exchange endpoint uh, inside R. So mm -hmm. you can do pretty much the same thing that you are doing in Python, you can do in R. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's not part of the web page yet in our website, but maybe later on, uh, once I have more time, we are going to to do as you know an, an alternative. So yeah, so R still on my vein. I'm still doing things uh, as much as I can. Like if, even if it's like, oh, I need to create some metrics around my team. Oh, cool! I'm going to use R, and then I'll, I'll create a dashboard mm. with R shiny. Uh, so I do more those things for myself, but yeah. Nice, very nice. And how big is your team right now? So ten people. Ten people. Wow, that's very cool. That's a that's a huge jump. Uh, last time we spoke, were you managing anybody at all? No, I wasn't. So I you was, went from uh, zero to ten people in in less than a year. I, yeah, uh, I started with maybe six. Six. And then, and then throughout this year, we hired another four. Wow. And, uh, and all data scientists? Data scientists, software engineers, they are mixed. Wow. And, and different backgrounds as well. So, like, not everybody has uh, a background in computer science. So, there is, uh, and again, we have like mix. So, we have bachelor, like PhDs, masters, uh, bachelor. Uh, from computer science, uh, electric engineering, earth sciences, and, wow. and so on. So math, yeah. Okay, and so so what's what's is the goal of this team to um, create and maintain DAX and Max, or is there a broader scope? More than that, actually. So Max and DAX are in-house projects, right? That we developed in-house, but then uh, part of my team. Uh, 
they work on contributing to open source projects such as TensorFlow, PyTorch, mm-hmm. uh, Keras, Apache Arrow, uh, Onyx, and, and other projects. So, so we have, I all, always like to mention this because we have people working full time on contributing to external uh, open that, source that projects. is so fascinating. It's like IBM is paying full-time salaries for people who are working on these open source projects. Yes. <laughs> the question is why? <laughs> that, that is very yeah, amazing, yeah. but like why? Yeah, that's the question that I get asked all the time. And and actually open source in general, like the, the question that people ask is how do you make money, right? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Because it's all free. How do you, what is the revenue? Uh, so first of all, for the open source projects, you know, luckily we have companies and IBM is has been contributing to open source for so many years. Uh, is we need companies to be investing, right? Because all the companies they use open source projects in in several ways. So if we don't keep investing, those projects are going to die, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm 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 it's uh, we are lucky that companies are and they should again they should invest um, yeah. in terms of like the why the reason is you know it's it's mind sharing so you become part of the the conversation so if you are contributing to tensorflow uh, those contributors they are working with different companies like let's say in the case of tensorflow like they are working with people from google uh-huh. so they are creating the new features, the the whole roadmap together, right? So uh, they participate in this discussion, okay. and they and they bring back to the company. So it's a it's a cycle, right? They are giving, they are bringing back, and okay, I yeah. see. And also, IBM in the end uses these products. So you you want to um, part like on one hand participate in like maybe there's a certain feature that. IBM needs and it can be added by the IBM developers or on the other hand like you're using this product for free because it's open source so might as well have pay somebody to work on it as you said so that it doesn't die and also as a way of you know giving back to that the community of people who are developing that product as well yeah exactly and and you we we know that the open source projects like the maintainers the core maintainers they are they they work on this as a side project and then after a few years they get burned out and then they have to give up on their projects so companies need to invest need to like have employees working on their projects so the projects don't die again and mm-hmm. the and the developers don't don't have burnt burns out uh, yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Okay, well, that's very, very cool. Um, let's talk a bit about Our Ladies. How's that been going since we last spoke? Yeah, Our Ladies has been going very well. Uh, How many chapters we do you have are, now? So, almost 170. Really? Last time, last time we talked, you had 100 chapters in 30 countries. Now you have, what, 170 chapters in how many countries? 46. 46. You grew like 50% yeah. in one year. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, and the community itself, like, uh, 
it's it's doing amazing. We have a a good team of people working, uh, you know, twenty four seven on making sure that the community has everything that they need. Mm. Uh, I've been less and less involved with our ladies because, you know, I've been working this month. Actually, it's going to be the seventh anniversary. And I've been doing this for seven years. Wow. So early from, from the very beginning, uh, of course, throughout the years, we we had people helping, and we have a team, uh, the leadership team behind. Uh, so, but I I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I think this is going well. I don't need to be as much involved as before. I need to do something bigger right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one. Uh, I was need I was I needed to do something else with the whole AI and this, especially around discrimination bias and and the whole discussion that we are having with AI ethics, mm-hmm. you know, and how this is going to affect uh, the whole population. How is affecting right the facial recognition and in China and and other places? How this is affecting. Uh, the population, especially population, uh, the 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 population that is underrepresented or from from a, a minority group. Mm-hmm. So I'm now creating a new group called AI Inclusive, where the goal is is to is to bring more diversity in the AI field. You know, encouraging more people to get into AI, bringing awareness of everything that is going on because again those those communities are the ones that are going to suffer the most and they are the ones that know nothing about it mm-hmm. okay wow it's that's you're just unstoppable Gabriella you from yeah, one but, thing to you the know, next we, we have to like I'm the kind of the person that I can't I am not a I, I can't be passive mm-hmm. I need to be doing stuff it's 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 you know it's i still have energy to do to do those things and mm. it's it's sad to see uh people being affected and they are not aware like we are aware in the u.s in particular we have all the resources and all the knowledge going on over here but if you go to places like latin america africa like they are not aware right so mm. we we need to bring awareness we need to uh we need to teach them on 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 how to help uh, or how to create uh, things that will change. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. To- the, totally agree. Yeah. Definitely. And it's very very ad- admirable that you're uh, working on these projects. So, um, well, what go- what goes into one of these chapters, like let's say if somebody who's listening to this podcast wants to start a chapter of Our Ladies or a chapter of AI Inclusive, what is the process and what, what do these chapters do? Do you provide certain resources or, or exercises and how, do you, how does the organization of Our Ladies or AI Inclusive participate in the life of each individual chapter? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So uh, Our Ladies... Uh, is is chapter based mm-hmm. uh, so it's based on usually cities mm-hmm. so once someone is interested in starting a chapter on their city they send us an email where, where, where is this? 
yeah, info yeah. at ourladies.org. Mm-hmm. And they they say, oh, I'm interested in, in, in creating a chapter in my city. Uh, what should I do? And then we have um, Laura. Uh, she'll send you an email with everything that you need. And we are going to provide you the basic uh, infrastructure and, and and then you can start your own chapter. So we provide everything that you need to launch mm-hmm. your your chapter. And the way it works is it can be um, like tutorials. And we have a bunch of materials, but you can also create your own material uh, based on like the your audience, right? Mm-hmm. So you can create tutorials. You can give talks. You can invite speakers to give talks. Uh, some chapters they host book clubs where. You know, they, they 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 usually do a survey within the chapter and see which book people is interested in learning. So they go and then they they read the book and then they discuss. So there are several formats um, that each chapter uh, that each chapter has. And for the AI inclusive, it's going to be a similar a similar path. Uh, because one thing that it's interesting and it worked is chapters are, I think, as a community-based organization, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard for you to get inserted in a specific community unless you have someone local, mm-hmm. right? So when you have someone local, they are going to make an impact in their in their community. So that's that's something that we learned with our ladies is like the chapter base is the best way to reach uh, the the those communities that are that are hard even hard to reach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Um, and do you have to be a do you have to be female to start a our ladies chapter or can males also start these chapters? Yeah, so uh, the mission is to bring diversity into the art community. So uh, for for being the organizer, you have to be uh, women or identify as female. Uh-huh. That's the uh, one requirement that we make. But it doesn't mean that you as a male cannot a- attend. Mm-hmm. So each chapter has a different policy. So like, for example, some chapters they say, if you are a male, you can come, but you should bring someone, a woman or a gender minority as your plus one. Some chapters they say, you know, you can come, but we are going to, uh, like the front rows, if it's a it's a talk, the front rows are going to be reserved for these uh uh, for women and gender minorities, and then the back for everybody. Uh, so one question that we got asked at the time is, yeah, so are you excluding? And we are like, no, we are not excluding. We are we include everyone, but our goal is to bring diversity. So that's our main mission, mm-hmm. that we are not excluding anyone. We are just making some kind of like prioritization in some ways. Okay, all right, I understand. Um, Okay, very exciting. So, hundred uh, over one hundred and seventy chapters, forty something countries. Oh, wow, very cool. Um, do you know how many members you have? Uh, fifty-five thousand. Fifty-five thousand members worldwide. That is a massive community. Very. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. You should. Well, we should try bringing them all together in one city one day. 
<laughs> yeah, that's well, that's our goal, but it's you know we need we need a huge budget yeah. <laughs> to be able to do this. Yeah, that's true. What has been your favorite one of your favorite talks at one of the Our Ladies summits, or I mean, like our one of the Our Ladies uh, meetups? Is there something that like jumps to mind a, a very impactful or a talk where you learned the most? I don't know. All the talks they're they're they are so uh, you know, you learn something. Uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to pick one. But I wanna mention one chapter, one one some, something that I saw in one chapter that that brought my attention and I was wow. Uh, so there was a chapter, uh, I think it was Indonesia, where someone posted a picture of their event and and all the the women they were in the front learning, you know, like someone was giving a tutorial and everybody was learning the the, the front rows, and then in the very very back, the the partners and the husbands they were in the back taking care of the children. Mm-hmm. So that was so amazing to see because you know, like some countries, uh, the the woman is the the, the provider, right? So they have to be with the children all the time. They don't have this opportunity to be a way to learn something. And that photo uh, was just amazing to see that their partners were there with them, taking care of their children so they could go and learn something. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's awesome. That's really that, supportive. Yeah I, think that, yeah, I think that's like, I, I've never seen anything more uh, impactful as that picture. Fantastic. Wow. Well, congratulations. Sounds like you're doing some amazing work there and really helping the community. And, um, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. I think, uh, I think it was last year that, uh, uh, um, um, our ladies was a community partner for data science go. And, you know, hopefully like we, we, we also support as much diversity as we can. And, it's very exciting to see you at the conference. I think that's a big inspiration to all the ladies that come and who already know you. That's cool. Yeah, that was very good. And I and I was glad to see at Data Science Go the code of conduct. Uh, it's so important to, to, to make sure that we have a code of conduct for uh, the speakers, for the audience, so they are aware of things that they should do or they should not do. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so what's your impression? That. Do you think we do it quite well at this go? Yeah, I think we it's been uh, a balanced uh, audience. Um, I think it's still like majority male, but it's it's more balanced than in other conference for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, the the diversity of speakers it was amazing. Yeah, you we, know, we I have would like. Go, Forty yeah. percent female speakers, between thirty and forty percent female speakers. Yeah, I would go to the website every now and then to see, how, you know, the new people being added. Yeah. And I'm like, I was, I was like cheering every new, you know, like female or underrepresented person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. And did you did you feel that vibe um, from the, within the event? Like I heard that from Pablo's Holman last year that. Uh, he was very impressed that we have people from like this year we had people from 25 different countries there like fly in like 
come attend the conference coming from 25 different countries. How crazy is that? I was, I'm always very inspired to see how diverse the audience there is and how people are so freely, openly connecting and networking with each other and learning from each other's backgrounds and uh, home countries. Yeah, me too. And I love the map that we have at Data mm -hmm. Science Go, you know, where people connect, where they are coming from. So you can see the big picture and we were like, wow, there is a person from that very little country and they came all the way over to Data Science Go. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just amazing to see the variety. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, well, Gabriel, this uh, brings us to the end of our uh, conversation today. I wanted to say a huge thank you for for first of all coming to data science go and for the second time and hopefully i'll see you there next year and coming for the podcast for the second time as well um where can our audience get in touch connect with you if they haven't yet and follow your journey yeah absolutely so i'm a huge twitter person so you can find me on twitter linkedin uh my in my website you have all my information so my website is k dash roz.com uh, so there is a whole uh, my email twitter linkedin and so on and you can also check you should check the ai inclusive so the website is ai-inclusive.org mm -hmm. and if anyone is interested in in uh in knowing more or joining us, please send us an email. Uh, mm -hmm. We are looking for, for partners and, and people to help. So feel free to reach uh, to us there. Fantastic. And we'll include all of those links in the show notes. So for sure, make sure to follow Gabriella at G De Caras, uh, and join thousands of other people that are following Gabriella and getting the valuable insights that Gabriella shares. Um, yeah, on that note, we're gonna wrap up. Um, any anything you'd like to wish to our audience before we finish off today? Yeah, so if you uh, go and check the model asset exchange, if you have any feedback, any question, uh, we have a Slack channel uh, that you can find the URL on the website. So if you have any question, uh, go there and ask. And again please provide us feedback. We we are doing this for the community and I hope you enjoy. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Gabriela, for coming again on the show and I'm sure I'll see you, uh, if not this year, then next year. Absolutely. Thank you again for all the work and the community is awesome. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of today's episode. Super excited that we had this conversation with Gabriella and that you were part of it. It is so inspiring to see somebody putting so much effort, so much of her time, uh, so much of her resources and just energy into creating a safe space, a safe community, safe environment, which includes everybody, which includes data scientists, which helps data scientists thrive regardless of their uh, age or gender or ethnicity or background it's uh, it's very exciting to see what the community of data science is and something that we try to and we do put in as much effort as we can with our uh, speakers at data science go with how we promote data science go with uh, how inclusive data science go and other uh, platforms such as super data science and our courses are but 
without any shadow of doubt, Gabrielle is by far one of the most impactful people in that space and I highly, highly admire what she's doing. So if you can help out in any way with either ourladies.org or AIinclusive.org, then don't be a stranger, reach out to Gabriella, whether it's through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through the emails that she mentioned, which you also find at the uh, show notes and get involved. Start helping build this community. We want data science to be an all-inclusive and amazing community where everybody can take part. So that is the episode. As usual, you can get all the show notes for this episode at superdatascience.com slash 315. That's superdatascience.com slash 315. There you'll get the transcript for this episode, all the URLs for uh, resources mentioned in this podcast, including Gabriela's LinkedIn and Twitter, where you can connect with her and any other materials that we talked about. And the final thought is if you enjoy this podcast and if you know somebody who might be interested in collaborating with our ladies or AI inclusive, then forward this episode to them. Forward them the link for this episode and they can also enjoy the insights that Gabriella shared and maybe participate and change other people's lives. And by the way, if you want to meet Gabrielle in person, very likely you will see her at Data Science Go 2020. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, then you can get them at www.datasciencego.com. Thank you for being here today. I look forward to seeing you back here next time. And until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>